0: Welcome back to Cross Defense. It's a new week. It's a new episode. It is Monday. We're getting the week started off right. We're going to talk about beauty. We're going to talk about catechesis. But before we do that, i got to introduce you to our guest. And before I do that, let me tell you who I am. I'm your host, the Reverend Tyrell Bramwell. I am an admission counselor here at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, broadcasting worldwide from the Welcome Center in Winnikin Hall. This is the show, Cross Defense, where we focus on equipping the mind, exciting the imagination, and comforting the soul, all with God's Word, with Scripture. We do have a fierce foe out there in the world, Satan, our old enemy. Our only defense is Christ on the cross. It's a pleasure to be with you here today. I hope you're doing well on this afternoon. It's uh, 2 p.m. Central Time here uh, as we're broadcasting at KFUO. Dot org or at uh, 8.50 a.m. on the KFUO radio dial there for all of you listening in the St. Louis metro area. And uh, for those of you listening on demand, it's the podcast in your pocket. So um, thanks for tuning in and thanks for listening. You can find me anywhere where you can find my name. So TyrellBramwell.com is probably the easiest way to send me emails. You'll find a contact form there at TyrellBramwell.com. Click that bad boy and send me an email. Love to hear from you. Love to hear your thoughts and um, just anything, you, any brain buzzing Bible brilliance that's bouncing around in that bucket on your shoulders, I'd love to hear about it. So go ahead and send me an email. If I don't reply right away, it's simply because I'm still in the midst of relocating to Fort Wayne. Yeah, I got to tell you, I am still homeless. That's the situation. And my office is still very empty. My stuff is not quite here yet, and it's a good thing because I'd have nowhere to to put it, at least uh, nowhere official. Even here at the seminary, we're about to relocate. So uh, maybe next time, I thought it was going to be by this week, but maybe next week, I'll be uh, broadcasting from Augustine, Augustine Hall. Um, C2 will be the office. I do have a lake view, I do have a chapel view. It'll be pretty nice. But uh, yeah, moving all over the place, moving from Ferndale to Fort Wayne and moving from Winniken to Augustine. So uh, I'm a man in transition. And so if I reply to your emails a little slower than usual, that's why if you want to reach out to me, direct message me on the social medias out there, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. I am going to delete Twitter and LinkedIn. I just I never post on those. I just never get over there. I never got into the Twitter thing. And now I, it's just a it's just a place I don't really want to be on now. And I'm more of a photo guy. I like Instagram. I really like that. It's fun. And Facebook is, you know, I just been on that for forever. So I'm going to keep those two. And then, of course, YouTube as well. So. Okay, that's enough about me and how you can get a hold of me. You can also find information about Concordia Theological Seminary at concordia.ctsfw.edu, and of course this wonderful radio station KFUO at kfuo.org. All of that aside, let's get into the to today's show. We're going to talk with the Reverend Gavin Mize about beauty and catechesis he has a book on the subject named that actually he is a uh, our expert on beauty and catechesis we're gonna get into uh, his head on that those subjects and how they work together we're also going to uh, i'm gonna ask him a question now let's bring him on the bring him on the show gavin are you are you with us
1: i am thank you so much for having me looking forward to it
0: thanks for being on the show i really appreciate it um always a pleasure when i get to talk to you brother have you heard about? I just heard about this this morning, and I don't know exactly if this happened yesterday or when it happened recently. Did you hear about Moscow, Idaho? There was a psalm sing, and there's I think the video I saw was from Tucker Carlson on Fox News, but uh, there was a psalm sing, and people were arrested because they were not wearing their masks. You see this?
1: Uh, yeah, and apparently, at least the the what from what I've read, the articles are about. Uh, 18 to 20 hours ago, so I'm assuming it happened between 24 and 26 hours ago. I'm not exactly sure, um, but I, I did hear about it. What do you one think the, about? One it? of the interesting things. Well, one of the interesting things that stuck out to me is uh, um, the well, the uh, the fellow that, that kind of called the called the police. Um, I think his name is uh, Tom. Lamar. at least Tom Lamar, uh, very a very staunch liberal Democrat. And uh, it seems to me that he sort of embodies what's kind of going on all around our country, and it's free speech for me, but not for thee. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of uh, So you wear your masks, but you folks who are rioting, um, we'll let the mask thing slide because, you know, firebombs and, and, uh, free stuff.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. But, yeah. That, that hypocrisy, right. That double standard.
1: Old, yeah. 12 year old, uh, white girls are breaking in and stealing free stuff for, uh, for the rights of African Americans. It just blows, blows my mind. <laughs> um, but I mean, that seems to be the case in the United States right now is, uh, um, as long as you fit into the into the narrative, it doesn't matter. Uh, right. And as long as the narrative is pushed forward, then these pesky things like freedom of, of, of speech and expression, and more importantly, the freedom to practice religion, uh, not not the freedom of religion, but the freedom to practice our religion, uh, those things are secondary and non-essential. Writing is, is essential and is a freedom of expression, which is just the dumbest thing I've...
0: When I saw the video... I, I they were literally in the middle of singing the doxology what we would call the
1: doxology I don't know if
0: this group it wasn't a Lutheran church I don't know what how they would refer to it but they were singing those words and the, the police were ushering the man and and the, the people being arrested were going peaceably I mean they they weren't resisting arrest but they the one guy did make a you know make mention that you should be ashamed of yourself for for abiding by the the mayor's order to do this, what do we think about this theologically? Any quick, like I know this is off the cuff. You came on the show to talk about your book, Beauty and Catechesis, but, but just anything off the top of your head, what do we, what do we, how do we want to address this theologically?
1: Well, I mean, I, I preach and teach that the American Church could use a little persecution so that we appreciate the faith that we've been given. So um, good for them, good for them for going peaceably, and 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 then also uh, also for Calling them to repentance as they went. Uh, yeah. The Christian Church doesn't strong arm people. We, we live that to the law, uh, to to the law of the land, I should say, uh, and and to to uh, to strong us, strong arm us into complying. But you know we call for repentance because as uh, as many people are finding out as as they as they die that that there is a higher court. Uh, to, to which to to uh, give an account and uh, in in that case it, th- this world is but a blink of an eye and I think I think that we do I think that we could use a little persecution I, I mean honestly and because I, I think we've been living too too comfortably and taking our faith for granted s- to the extent to where I just saw recently that two percent of millennial Christians actually believe in, in Christ. Yeah. Now that seemed far-fetched to me. Two percent seemed far fetched. Um, but we are talking about millennials, so who knows.
0: <laughs> you brought up two two interesting points. So we might end up getting to uh beauty and catechesis in the second and third segments of the show. So let's talk about two more things before we get to that. And this is great. This is this is kind of what this show is about. Because all these things are revealing that theology isn't boring, that it you know we need to be in theology that we need to be able to have equipped minds and and have our imaginations the way we think and perceive things and envision things happening needs to be informed by scripture so you brought up two things the millennials and their their lack of faith and whatever the statistic is right we we can easily recognize that um, younger people are not growing up in the church that's an issue and it's an issue we're seeing coming to a head already. And then also also the higher court, which made me think of the other thing in the news recently, and that's the passing of uh, Ginsburg, right? So what do we want to talk about real quick? What do you think about the Supreme Court justice passing and that higher court that she's now facing um, and, and liberalism in that regard? And then also, uh, let's come back to the millennial thing in just a second, but let's talk Let's talk R R B G R G B. I would get it confused with the the color scale, right? <laughs> uh,
1: I think it's the notorious R G B. Actually, I, I can sum that up very with something that happened just very recently within the past hour. Okay, that's uh, that was when the when President Trump uh, and Melania came came out to stand with the with the body in state and. Joe Biden was in front of him, and uh, Harris w- was across across. You know, they were all kind of there together, which I don't really understand. I don't really understand that why presidential candidates were, were there. That's sort of a presidential. Anyway, um, good point. That yeah. didn't bother me, but uh, that didn't bother me as much as the, the the people were were chanting to our to our president for for good or bad, whatever your opinion may be. Uh, they they were chanting uh vote him out and honor her wish and i sat here and thought okay she's she's been a justice for for how long and she's fought for quote unquote women's rights um for how long and yet the and yet these people were willing to put all that aside in order to push the current narrative instead of uh memorializing everything that she had quote-unquote done for women. Um, and when I say quote-unquote, I'm talking about the murder of the unborn, um, trans, transgender rights, uh, homosexual rights, and, and, and things of that nature. Sure, sure. Um, but, but instead of celebrating that, they continue to push the narrative, which just shows that uh, their home is very much here on, on Earth. And because because they push that narrative their home is here on earth and, and they have no they have no understanding of, of the paradise that awaits us with Christ and uh, you know honor her wish just really points to the fact that that's it I mean she it, it, anyone who, who is not a Christian is ultimately a nihilist in the end mm. um, so that's I mean that, that that's the very thing you know use her use her corpse as a uh, as a um, platform to put, to continue and, and, and carry on the narrative. and I think I think it's a shame. I think it's a shame for uh, not only for this lady who has passed, but also uh, the very eulogy that that, that is being used is, doesn't even point to her. It points to her or to, to the continued narrative, which I think is just atrocious. So and, and then when they, when they turned the camera, it was all white millennials there. Uh, and, and, and it wasn't, but about maybe 30, you would think this huge, uh, crowd, but it was really just about 20 or 30 people there. And, uh, and they were all screaming through masks. So, huh. I mean, at least they're a more compliant than, than we are <laughs> uh, in, in, would, in that
0: particular case.
1: that's I would rather be singing a song, psalm. Um, without a mask so that I may proclaim the Lord and not be hindered but uh, right there you can kind of see the, the narrative um, yeah. versus the the uh, uh, the apologetic
0: the interesting thing about that Psalm sing was it was also outside uh, I don't know what's going on in Idaho or particularly in Moscow but um, I know that you know outside you're able to in a lot of places still you're not supposed to have a mask. you don't have to have a mask um, but anyway, I don't know all the details. Good good stuff. I mean, rogue, rogue,
1: rogue Spittle, Reverend. Rogues rogue spittle. You never know what where they're gonna go. They may they turn <laughs> they turn right angles and, and they you know, they fly through uh our hemisphere and, and, and all all kinds of all kinds of things. I mean, a good gust of wind could send our spittle to, to uh Australia. You you never really know. Thank God for masks.
0: Yeah, that's right. You you brought up something interesting with uh <laughs> it's interesting to see how the world and and the sinful things we see going on in the world are always distortions of what God promises that we will all receive, right? So like equality, uh, men and women equality, feminist rights th- type things. What we see in our modern day context in this world is a distortion of what scripture promises in Christ, right? There's no male nor female. There's no slave nor, nor free, nor Jew, nor Greek, right? We're all one in Christ—that's the the right way it's handled. In a godless culture that doesn't want Christ to unite us and to e- equalize us, we have to try to force it. And what we see is this failing and this distortion of what that looks like. Same with transgender issues, right? It's the same thing—they're trying to trying to force something that is a—it's a—it's the devil's lie of God's truth yeah that wasn't a question Absolutely. but and, comment <laughs>
1: uh, I, I, I agree with that comment and I'll, I'll use that to, to say this uh, I, I've, I've once I, I've heard more than once but there's no such thing as an atheist to assume you're an atheist is to assume that you have all knowledge and therefore the best you can be is an agnostic okay. um, I I think that that's that's that's, that's kind of silly that you're that they're really just taking the, the universal argument which can also be made against Christianity Um but I would rather say that you can be neither, neither agnostic or atheist, but nihilist. Um, and at the end of the day, you die, there's nothing. Um, and so, so when you, when you talk about temporal existence, they don't have any understanding of a temporal existence um, because they just understand existence uh, because ter- temporal versus celestial existence to say temporal is to assume that there's something is, is that there's something else. But for uh, the, nihilist, there is, there is nothing else. Uh, therefore, if you say that, you no, know, we, if you, if you buy into, um, evolution, then ultimately the end of it is nihilism. You know, you, uh, if you buy into Elton John's circle of life then when you die you simply just feed the soil for something else uh and that's that's it that's, that's that's the no matter what you say no matter what you do the best thing you could ever be is soil for the flowers i mean that's just that's just r- ridiculous um or or you know
0: but a really catchy tune
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh I, I, I i'm pretty sure he, he probably didn't mean the way, the way I, that i say it but right. if it wasn't a, it would be more of a uh um of a scale of life if it didn't go all the way around, you know? <laughs> uh, so you got to take it all the way around and then, uh, you know, dying and becoming compost is, is, is a reality. Um, uh, which, which is, which is another reason why ag- agnostic and atheist should be against cremation as well. Um, because it, all, all the, all the good stuff gets, gets burned up. Uh, but uh, the, the, this, this whole I- idea of, um, uh, what, what's happening in in Moscow, it reminds me of the church needing persecution in America, particularly American evangelicalism, because I, I believe that that has fed into the decrease in Christians in, in the millennial age group. Um, however, in the Middle East, Christians are very, very faithful. Um, for example, the uh 21 Coptic Christians who were beheaded. Um, right. In uh, it was I think it was five, five years ago. Five years ago in in, in Libya. Uh, you know they were taken down to the beach and they were and they were beheaded, which is quite the confession. Even in death, the confession of faith is that you may remove my head from my body, but you will never remove the head from the body, and that is the body the body of Christ. So um, martyrs. Uh, Martyrs are are our are a source of inspiration for us, and and, and uh, that's why I, I don't think that American Christians should should cry persecution too quickly, uh, because someone saying you don't have the right to say that is is very minimal to ah. to what how we should actually uh, suffer f- for Christ, how we do suffer for Christ. Um, and that, that's why when when Al Gore's interwebs just went crazy over this pandemic and there were uh, uh, Luther warriors that were, you know, this is this is what my church is going to do. This is what my church is going to do. And we're, we're not going to stand for persecution and et cetera, et cetera. Um, first of all, it's not really persecution mm. uh, or at least not 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 to a faith building extent. Uh, also, just shut up and, and do what you want. You know, why, why, why you know, everyone look at that, my persecution. You know, that doesn't look good for the church. Look at my persecution. They said that I can't do this. Well, the reason they said that was because you're telling everybody and therefore uh, neglecting your own people who you actually can feed. That's right. Um, <laughs> I can't feed these people in, in Moscow. You know, yeah. <laughs> so I, I can't feed them. Uh, my heart's with them. Um, and and they are being persecuted, but to an extent. That's why, if we're persecuted, don't don't fight it. Just turn into the skid
0: Yeah, lean into like that. These people. That's do.
1: Right. That's right. Yeah,
0: I agree. Hey, brother, let's take a break. And uh, when we get back, I promise we'll get on task and we'll talk beauty and catechesis. Wonderful stuff, though, coming out of uh, the Reverend Gavin Mize's amazing mouth. He is the pastor of Augustana Lutheran Church in Hickory, North Carolina. We'll hear more from him and specifically about beauty and catechesis. As soon as we get back, don't go away.
1: Join Christian friends of new Americans for their golf benefit at Greenbrier Hills Country Club, Monday,
0: October 12th. Registration and box lunch at 11 a.m., 18-hole shotgun start at 12 noon. Special price for ladies and church workers. Register at cfna-stl.org slash golf. Not a golfer? Register for our 5 p.m. hospitality hour. Please help us reach out to refugees and immigrants with the good news of Jesus as we help them with English and life skills. Register for golf or a sponsorship, cfna-stl.org slash golf. Welcome back to Cross Defense. I am your host, the Reverend Tyrell Bramwell, and you are listening to a conversation I'm having with our wonderful guest, the Reverend Gavin Mize. He is the pastor of Augustana Lutheran Church in Hickory, North Carolina, and the author of a book called Beauty and Catechesis. And we're going to, now that we spent the first segment talking about some cultural, social issues, we're going to dive into his book and uh, ask him some questions about those two terms as well just to get started. Gavin, tell us as we as a, an introduction, why did you write this book and from your perspective and, and your intentions what is it? And then we're going to get into some details.
1: Well, firstly, you know, this, this is very we, we started out with culture, but also this very much feeds into our culture as Christians and as, as Lutheran uh, Christians as well, because catechesis is our culture. Um, Luther wrote it for for the uh, the common man, so to speak, can teach the, it can teach his his household. Um, likewise, that so that his, so that priests in in Germany could do the same thing. Uh, and when they wouldn't do that, then he wrote the Large Catechism. And if you read the preface to the Large Catechism, he just really goes ruler to the knuckles on 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 these guys because they they thought that they were beyond uh, the catechism or that the catechism was was beneath them. Mm. Uh, and in that sense, then you you really don't understand any of the beauty that can come out of the catechism. And i am I'm a strong believer that where Christ is in word and in truth, their beauty exudes. So we, don't, we can't understand beauty outside of Christ and his love and where he is in word and sacrament. If we don't have word and sacrament, there is no beauty. Uh, in case you ever wondered why we have some, so many of our Baptist friends are so angry all the time, uh, it's because the sacraments are not there, and therefore uh, they miss the beauty. Um, and the, 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 the gospel and grace of Christ is not there. Uh, and then they miss the beauty. For Lutherans, where Christ is and where the sacraments are, where his word is and where faith is, as a byproduct, beauty must be there as well. Um, just by Christ's appearing, we find beauty. Look at the, uh, the Annunciation, where the Incarnation begins. Uh, you have one of those beautiful angels of all, Gabriel coming down and uh, speaking the words of Christ to Mary, and she was made with child. From that, from that point, Christ was clothed in flesh. Uh, therefore, we understand that beautiful scene according to where Christ is and where Christ's promises are too. The most beautiful person in the world that you can see is a newly baptized infant because that is where Christ has placed himself uh, and the the child can't talk yet to screw it all up. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so right right there you you have you have the the the, the beautiful um, uh, faith given over to Christ and we under and so where the catechism is and where that truth is is given, including the law, uh, we find that beauty as well. And I wanted to highlight that. Uh, I also wanted to come up with a way that I could teach my catechumens. A way to to re, to retain and remember the catechism rather than just bald text, um, but if you put something that is sacred with it, they're going to be more like likely to to memorize it. Um, that's why I think it's a, a, a CPH has has a, a sing singing the catechism thing that, that that's very helpful and it's put to catchy tunes. Um, and I, I think that it's very good. Well, I, I wanted to to do that, but with Sacred art. So, in this devotion. book,
0: we have we have the catechism, and we have images. We have art, right? How did you select the art? As far as I mean, was was theology the driving engine, or was beauty the driving engine, or were both of them sort of sitting in the front seat together?
1: Yeah, I, yeah. See, I would make the argument that, that you can't separate them.
0: Okay, I, I kind of uh, thought you'd say I, that.
1: I, I, Yeah, I would make the argument that that beauty and theology uh, are are simple uh, effects of Christ's Word. Um, And so where you have proper theology, you also have beauty. Um, Some people say that's why I'm so handsome. Uh, (laughs) I think your
0: wife is lying to you. And you say some people, so your wife and your mother.
1: (laughs) I didn't say... Who I just said there were some people, um, well, those are the people I'm guessing, but, but I mean, what, what you can see where good theology is that that truly there truly is a, a beauty that that's given, yeah. Um, I, and I'll give you another example one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen, uh, was uh, the, the sacrament of holy baptism administered out of a cool whip container, and th- this was when I, when I went ab- abroad they were baptized out of a cool whip container because that's all that they had. That was wow. the best that they had. So the best that they could offer their, uh, the, to, to hold God, uh, was a cool whip container now, as the, as they grew. And as I found out later, they had a baptismal font, but that cool whip container never left the church. Um, really? And they, it, they, 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 jumped on that, 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 yeah, it, it was almost like a relic, reliquary, or a, a relic actually, uh, but they, they kept it there as a reminder because that was sacred. That, that was sacred because it had 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 held the, the, the souls of, of, of many of Christ's people. And that was one of the things that really made me uh, think of this, made me think of doing it this way, because they, they held that co container so closely to their hearts that it was the most beautiful thing and it goes for a nickel over here. So.
0: Right. So that's interesting because, you know, in America, we're, we tend to be pragmatists. And, and even our, even we Lutherans, you can look at our church buildings, you can look at our sanctuaries, and you can see, according to the timeline, you can kind of judge when they were built, right, as you can with all kinds of architecture and, and art and things. But we tend if to there, see— we,
1: you can guarantee the '70s yeah. hospital.
0: Yeah, we we tend to see uh, a a depreciation of beauty and art, and and things, and even to the point of uh, so in my in my congregation in Ferndale before I came here, we while I was there we actually invested the altar guild did a kind of a, a review an overview of what we had going on in our sacristy and in our for our altar wear and things and our baptismal font was a nice handmade redwood you know had a redwood shelf to it and everything it stood there prominently in the chancel but when you took off the the lid to actually get to the baptismal bowl you discovered a plastic bowl that i swear was a dog bowl i I mean i swear to this day fido that was a kind of bowl sold for fido um and we we joked about that but but they took the time and initiative to raise funds. I I believe, in fact, it ended up just being one of the members of the altar guild donated money to get a gold-plated baptismal bowl that would better suit that event. And I bring this up because of your Cool Whip story. It's a great story. But it it just kind of speaks to, in, in American Christianity, what's practical seems to always drive what we invest in and what we have rather than the understanding of the beautiful and what that confesses when we're doing what we're doing, what the Lord is doing through us, right? Um, and so I, I taught about that. And in fact, I actually used um, information I gleaned from you in your videos on the Augustana's YouTube channel and your work in this realm to kind of help teach that. Um, why it's, you know, why Cool Whip containers are, work, and that's great. And we use them when that's what we have. But if we have the means to do something like a gold plated, proper baptismal bowl, why we actually want to orient ourselves toward that? Could you tell the listener kind of because you're the expert, can you talk about this idea? And this whole thing for the listener's sake and teach us about
1: that? Absolutely. And then I'll give you an example from my book. But before 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 that, um, there's a term here in North Carolina, that, that goes like this. Don't get above your raising, which means
0: don't get uh, above your you reason. Yeah. Okay.
1: So what that means is you were raised a certain way. You're raised in humbleness and humility. And as you get older, you may want better things for yourself and for your children, but never lose that raising, never raising. raising. Got it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so even if you have better things to offer, don't get, you don't 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 get out of the humbleness and humility of, of where you came from because you're not growing in stuff, um, even if you have better things to offer. So when we look at that cool whip container, um, to say, "Oh, this is trash," as many Americans would with any cool whip container—not necessarily this one, but any cool whip <laughs> container—yeah, yeah, we would just ah, or or a dog bowl. Um, I mean that dog bowl is the most beautiful dog bowl I guarantee you I, I have ever seen, uh, and the most beautiful coolant container that I've ever seen. Now that's not to say that that you stop giving uh, the very best to what holds our Lord, uh, particularly if you look at a, at a chalice or a paten. Um, uh, you know, many people use have like olive wood uh, uh, things, or chalice and, and, and paten um, that have, which I don't, I don't ever recommend, but if you're going to uh, make sure that it's, uh, that, that that's not porous, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and, and, and it's because it was what they could afford at that time. Um, but years down the road, you can, you can, uh, feel confident and good about, getting a golden one or getting a brass one, uh, whatever it may be. And to honor God that's in there, just don't forget uh, that it's not about, it's not about the container. It's about who is in it. Yeah. Um,
0: amen. So so use and, your book now. Uh, make Give us an example from your book on this. Okay.
1: One of the uses that, that I talk about in this is uh, that we can use art but not all art is efficacious okay and when uh, and and when I say that I mean there is such a thing as bad art um, and I'll give you an example there there is a uh, there's a piece out there uh, with a crucifix soaked in urine oh. and there is a piece out there with, with a crucifix where Christ, Christ's body is a clock and it just goes, goes around. I mean, there, there is anything that is blasphemous, therefore cannot be good art because it's not salutary. Um, But I can give you an example in the fourth, in the fourth petition, give us this day our daily bread. um, And this goes back to what I said before. The image that I chose was uh, a pre 17th century piece uh, of St. Ignatius of Antioch. And the reason that I, that I use this is because give us this day our daily bread. And this is what St. Ignatius said right before he was devoured by lions. And so we understand give us this day our daily bread, not only as the daily bread that we receive, but also the daily bread of Christ's body and blood, and also our daily bread that our flesh uh, is, is to become um, part of the body of, of Christ uh, when we die. And not uh, become the circle of life. Uh, He said, uh, May nothing entice me until I happily make my way to Jesus Christ. Fire, cross, struggles, and wild beasts, the wrenching of bones, the mangling of limbs, let them come to me, provide only that I make my way to Jesus. Let me be food for the wild beasts, for they are my way to God. I am God's wheat and I shall be ground by their teeth, so that I may become Christ's pure bread. And that is truly an understanding of Christ's people that we don't follow to its beautiful conclusion. We we believe that there are there's a harvest, and we believe that there are workmen, pastors, in that harvest, uh, but yet what happens when it is harvested? Um, when it is harvested, we are grains being made into the eternal bread that is... Christ and that's what it means to be the body of Christ. it means to be the, the 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 bread of Christ and of course you can't use that language without using the language the sacramental language of Christ's actual body that it. that he feeds to his uh, people and then uh, of course I, I end all of all of my entries here with with a with a prayer and uh, that' that's, connects all of the 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 fourth petition Saint Ignatius image the devotion that i wrote and then a collect and i'll i'll be glad to to end with that when we come to it
0: oh that'd be great absolutely well let's take a break right now it's a good place to kind of segment um take a small little break and then we'll segment into another question i have regarding just kind of teaser question before the break why don't we find a lot of books in lutheran circles about beauty i'm not seeing this as a common thing throughout history And maybe you can answer that after the break and kind of tell us um, if it had anything to do with why you chose to write one on it. We'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to Cross Defense. You're listening to the Reverend Gavin Mize, the pastor of Augustana Lutheran Church, talk about beauty in Hickory, North Carolina, I should say. Talk about beauty and catechesis. We'll be right back. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10 states, if the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength, but wisdom helps one to succeed. Find this true wisdom in Christ on sharper iron every weekday morning at 8 a.m. here on Worldwide KFUO. Sharpen the iron of your faith together with two pastors as they take up the sword of the spirit to proclaim the gifts of Christ crucified and risen for you. We're back from that wonderful break. I hope you're learning about more content that's coming from KFUO.org, a wonderful radio station. From my understanding, KFUO, it, it's the broadcasting branch. It's the radio station of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. From my understanding, it's the oldest continually broadcasted Christian radio station in the world. And uh, that's pretty impressive. We were leading the way back in the days of radio on uh worldwide communication, and here we are still online where you can download this in podcast form on my YouTube channel. We're still right there in the mix of worldwide communication, bringing the gospel to you, Christ for you everywhere, right? Um, So you can hear the good news. We're talking today on Cross Defense with the Reverend Gavin Mize, who's the pastor of Augustana Lutheran Church in Hickory, North Carolina. Uh, Gavin, could you tell us where we can find you and where we can find your books. Uh, where are you on the interwebs?
1: Uh, it, it's funny you, you said that about KFU, I thought, you know, KFUO has been doing radio since people thought radio waves uh, created cancer. Um.
0: <laughs> Way to couch that in a positive mindset. That's yeah, good, good mental image. Well,
1: okay, fine. Back when they thought gamma radiation created the Hulk, hey, I um, like that better. <laughs> and that it was actually very... <laughs> uh, your listeners can can find me pretty particular on uh, my podcast, Cross-Eyed Christian uh, Podcast Radio. I'm not, I still haven't settled down on that, so I've just been saying it at the introduction for all of them. cross cross-side Christian Radio is, is it? Okay. Um, base it, it, and it's not like it, it's not like your t- typical Lutheran podcast uh, for one all of the music is as goofy as i can find it um, and, and it's not you're, you're not you're not going to be able to order it from concordia publishing house uh, i just find the weirdest things that i can like i, I think uh, my, my last one i recorded has nirvana's smells like teen spirit in classical latin um, so th- you know th- things like that um, my, awesome. my my credo Mac is it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way uh you know th- things things like that um and but also there is there is uh sh- there's uh, there's humor to it but also it's very much in, a, in a, it's a it's in a southern uh understanding and proclamation so if you're not used to somebody speaking very slowly if you're from the northeast or the midwest uh and and certain parts of california uh then you know you're gonna be like you're like like, like, hurry up or put them on two times uh the speed i don't know but uh it's very much it's meant to be fun it's meant to be uh and in my very first episode i said well you know this podcast is not for you it's for me you're my therapy Uh, so whoever whoever uh, you're listening only so that i get free therapy um (laughs) and then outside outside of that uh, you know, I hope you listen and enjoy. Um, now, we've taken a more solemn or reverent uh, kind of stance in the past three episodes, or the, the okay. first episode is now live with Reverend Peppercorn. The second one will be live, uh, will be next Tuesday or this Tuesday okay. with Dr. Uh, Beverly Yonke. And the next Ooh, one will from be voxology. with Reverend Dave Flip. Yeah, it's all. It, all three of them are, are about depression, anxiety, uh, pastoral disorder, pastoral disorders, <laughs> mental disorders, pastoral disorder. Um, we call this the and-
0: Bramwell pastoral disorder right now. That's right. That's- <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I mean, uh, I, where I, else I would, can I we find you? That,
0: are you anywhere uh, else?
1: Well, I, well, one, something I just recently discovered. Uh, the Google. If you go to that. You can put in my name G A V E N M I Z E, and uh, I'm sure you'll be able to find something. Um, How about your books? I'm not sure. Tell us about sure. all of them. But uh, oh, um, there! If you Google Amazon, it will take you right to the, to, a, to a different website, and that website uh, you can buy books. You just type my name in there, and you'll be able to find them. Other than that, I'm not sure. <laughs> well,
0: you. So I once before we get back to Beauty and Catechesis, because that's was was Beauty and Catechesis your first book? Uh,
1: it was the first one I started working on. The first book that was actually published was, I think, I think it was my little ABC liturgy book.
0: Okay. All right. So let's talk about your books because I remember you posting one time on Facebook, I think. Or maybe you just told me privately. I don't remember exactly. But you said somewhere to someone or someone's... Uh, <laughs> You said that your books were intentionally about catechesis and and with your son in mind as you are were a new father and you were you were looking forward to fatherhood you were working on books that would raise him up from infancy through confirmation and into his adult years and so you now have books that do that that follow him up the whole way right
1: That's correct my wife was pregnant Uh, When when I started writing these, and my little ABC liturgy book, it 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 wasn't meant to be a fidelity statement or or a liturgical uh, Nazi statement, but rather it was meant for him to learn these words that he would not learn in other uh, in other areas. A is for altar, rather than A is for I don't know apple, right uh, or uh, and there, there, I think there's a, there's a, CPH has, has an ABC book yeah. that is very good, but, but it's not, it was not uh, centered around the liturgy. Sure. And that's what I wanted. Uh, because, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel or try to step on CPH's toes when they've already got a great resource. Right, right. But if, if I can give him an understanding of uh, E is for Eucharist, then uh, Great and uh and you can actually he actually knows all of these and he can say these yeah i we use
0: that (laughs) book in uh ferndale in our in our pews that's a great book yeah
1: what what was the next one is a little difficult but um (laughs) god loves me god loves me such that he would give illustrated by the one and only ed riohas that's right um it goes through a uh a poem that, that that i and my wife wrote um and which is now a hymn that we haven't really released yet, but uh, it, it it is a hymn and and uh, it was the music was actually compiled, not, excuse me created from uh, uh, Rachel McCrory, who is my very first in my very first catechesis class. Oh, uh, wow. And it, actually it's a it's a beautiful kind of story. but uh, basically what I wanted in that book was to to create. Someone who looked like my son, even though I didn't know what he looked like, uh, and <laughs> so he's sort of he's he's sort of general, but he's 1940s general with a bow tie and a cardigan, which oh, you can't cool. get away with anymore unless you're a yuppie. Um, uh, but also, this kid follows follows the the catechism as he goes through his life. So he so he uh, is baptized. He understands he meets Christ at the crush, he, he meets Christ at the cross. He meets Christ at the empty tomb. Cool. And then, so he's understanding of faith, but then also he sins. He confesses to the pastor. The pastor absolves him. He's, he goes to, uh, excuse me, first he goes to the baptismal font and he watches as a child is baptized. You can see his little eyes and, and looking over the baptismal font. That's awesome. And then he goes and he watches his mother commune uh, and then you Know, continues into a doxological hymn where he, that he sings with the whole congregation. Um, and so that was to continue him growing up. And then, of course, Beauty and Catechesis was meant to be the book for him to uh continue to grow in. And I, I use it with my catechesis class and new member classes, uh, because the way that it's designed, you can you, you grow into it, not out of it. Excellent. That's the way that I, that's what I want.
0: So let's talk about that book then. Uh, and the question I promised the listener before the break, you know, in Lutheranism, we don't talk a whole lot about beauty. It's not, a, it's not one of our, you know, primary topics. It's not a buzzword you hear all the time. It's, it's not one of our things that you naturally think. Like when you think Lutheranism, you don't end up with a synonym, you know, beautiful. Although you should, you could, it's there, but it's just not at the tip of your tongue when you say the word lutheranism why is that is that fair is it accurate or am i just completely off maybe it's just me being you know oil field trash from wyoming who doesn't know beauty from you know anything else maybe it's just me maybe it's a tie thing but i don't think so i don't think so uh tell us about it and uh, and tell us if i'm right
1: well there there are quite a number of lutheran books on beauty
0: there are okay. um,
1: for example, uh, Matthias's uh, or Mathis's book on Lu- Martin Luther's theology of of beauty—that's a modern. that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a recent
0: are, book, though, right?
1: Very, actually, I, I I was almost done with my dissertation when it came out, and I had to like redo a lot of stuff because yeah, I got such that. Such a great too. book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then, then there's also uh, there's book on on adornment from uh, Leah or Lua, depending on which campus you're standing on um and then <laughs> and then there's uh, there's quite a number of them gene ha- ha- has a book the state of the arts yeah um however it's one thing to talk about beauty and it's another thing to actually use beauty every single day and see beauty every single day uh, that that comes from because this this is nothing more than a devotional book and then at the end it's nothing more than uh, uh, well, actually, it's for, for anyone, for uh, collect prayers with, with, uh, with images and, and all of that. It's nothing more than a devotional book meant to burn the catechism inside your brain. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a supplement as much as it is um, a, a recollection tool. So do you think and, we need
0: more of these sort, sort of resources to, that are using beauty, not just talking about beauty, but using it to teach Do we need more of them?
1: I I think I think we should have more of them as long as I get a kickback from them. Um, (laughs) Other than that, (laughs) no, I do. I I think that there is a way because because we have to also understand that beauty is not merely visual. Beauty beauty is 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 fully sensory. Um, So Lutherans are great with hymns. I mean, we we are the best church. Okay, our hymns are, the, we're the best church, but also... Uh, <laughs> Period. Hard stop. Also, if, we're the
0: best church. Hard stop. And then what else? <laughs> <we're saying?
1: laughs> I, so, I mean, our, our, hy- our hymns are absolutely wonderful. Uh, we have Paul Gerhardt, who far surpasses Martin Luther, and Martin Luther, who is a great hymn, hymn writer. Um, we also have, uh, and I only said that to to ruffle Cantor Resh's feathers. Uh, he, he always hated that when I, when I, when I said that. Um, <laughs> but also Bach. Bach is one of the most renowned artists of of, of all right. time, and, and what he painted, he painted with notes. Uh, also, that um, incense. If you use incense, don't use the cheap stuff. Don't use Mogan David. Don't use Menshevits. You know, don't use s- syrup that that has some alcohol added to it. Um, don't. Just in the same way, we don't use Mad Dog 2020. You ought not use uh, alcoholic. Syrup if you're going to taste it, if you're going to smell it, if you're going to sing it, if you're going to, to look at it, it should all be beautiful things. And there's nothing more Im- important uh, than receiving Jesus. Therefore, we ought not use um, grape juice. We ought not use leavened bread. We ought not uh, Commune in our in our cars dur- during a pandemic. We ought not uh, we ought not cheapen the way that we give Jesus. Because when we cheapen the way that we give Jesus, we are making a confession and a statement about what we believe about Christ. And you're
0: saying that in a, in a, the context of if you have the ability to do something better, because you mentioned the Cool Whip container, right? So I mean, of course, when you have the opportunity. But, but,
1: but that- but the, the the understanding behind that Cool Whip was that that was the best that they the could best you could do yes, at exactly. that time. I
0: wanted to make that clear that for the listener. That they yeah,
1: had. yeah, it was the best that they had. So so when they used it, it wasn't like, hey, you know what would be really trendy? We should use Cool Whip containers. You know, th- these people were Africans, and that's what they had. So that's what they used. It was the very best thing. Uh, later, when they could afford better. Better uh, ma- material-wise, and better to to be the vessel that that holds Jesus, uh, than than they. And what is it, it? Where do we get it, that from? Uh, what what is driving that?
0: Not just Pastor Mize, for the listener's sake. You know why? Why do we have to try to? Wh- why would we want to do the best we can? What is there guiding us in that thought?
1: Well, I, I'll give you an example. When you purchase a house, no no offense, I don't mean to. I don't mean to. Man, I'm homeless. Uh, what are you doing? Yeah, throw throw you into some kind Ah, of existential crisis, but (laughs) but when you buy, okay, when you're going to buy a house, you're not going to buy a one room bed, uh, one room shack, and say, well, it's good enough. No, you're you're going to buy the very best that you can to house your family. How much more ought we do that with our Savior? uh, That that when we buy something that's going to hold and contain our Lord, we ought not skimp on it, and then uh, and then make sure that we have the best if not beyond our means to hold and, and house our family and this is because uh, it, it says, beauty
0: and catechesis are both part of our confession right it's it's what we're confessing
1: yes well yeah I mean and, and this the same thing confession ultimately is is intimately uh combined with theology which is intimately combined with beauty and you can't get away with any of them where Christ is uh you must have that That pure confession. You must have that uh, uh, proper theology and doctrine, and you also uh, must be able to perceive the beauty. And when I say you must, I don't mean you ought to try your best. I mean, where Christ is, those things naturally spring forth, uh, and we are the receivers of those things. And I like... Um, If we don't... Go ahead. if, if If we don't recognize it, then what ends up happening is you have a um, endowment for $500,000 and you're, you're still using, then you're still using cool whip containers because, uh, because Hey potluck. Right. So, (laughs) yeah. And I love, I
0: like how you you pointed this out in the very beginning of the show. We were starting, we started this whole, when we, when we finally got to beauty and catechesis, we started talking about, uh, what is the, the Southern phrase you said? Don't, don't, uh, live (laughs) a What is it?
1: Yeah, don't get above your raisin.
0: Don't get above your raisin. I thought you were talking about the California raisins for some reason. But don't get above your mm-hmm. raisin. And this is to say that you're, you know, this isn't a law as if, like, you're impoverished, but the church says you have to have a gold bowl for the baptismal font so you, you do. No, it's not one of those. It's saying, I'm a believer. I want I, I want to, to honor my Lord as best I can. If that means a cool whip bowl— Great. It's better to, to use Cool Whip than to, to try to fit him in the, the little lid of a, you know, cheese whiz cap or something, right? Like, you're, you're always looking for the best. And and I think right. that just to kind of, as we're running out of time, to, to kind of echo that in uh, for the, the listener, the, the idea here is to make that confession to what Pastor Mize said when he referenced the, the, the Lebanese Christians who were beheaded, that, you know, the best they could do was to lose their head. Their head was was requested of them, demanded of them at that moment, and they didn't say, "Well, how about my arm? Yeah. Can I can I give you my arm instead?" No, they said, "Take my head."
1: They didn't make A deal for it, you know. Right. They weren't like, "You know, I, I would really love, uh, I really love this. So instead of giving you this, I'm going to give you my head." Yeah. Um. Yeah. Also, I, I'll give you another example. Well, well brother, of, I'd uh, love to hear the... another
0: example, but we're out of time, my friend. We're out of time. Uh-huh. So let's do this. Let's plan on to let's bring you back on next week. Let's talk some more. We got plenty to talk about. Okay. Next week,
1: one of the I do have is why do people say uh, look at all the money that they spent on the church when they could use it to feed the homeless? That's a big Uh, question.
0: Okay, we're gonna that'll be our subject next week. We'll we'll start with that. Thank you so much, Gavin, for being on the show. Listeners out there in in the airwaves, cancer causing world, uh, you've been uh, radio waves. (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to Pastor Gavin Mize. He is the uh, pastor of Augustana Lutheran Church in Hickory, North Carolina. He's the author of Beauty and Catechesis and a number of other books that deal with art and deal with theology and liturgy and deal with the catechism and teaching it to young and old alike. Uh, he's been a great guest, and we're going to talk to him next week. You heard it right here. He'll be back on next week to talk more about this same subject. Thanks for listening. Don't go away. When I say don't go away, I mean like, don't forget about us see you next Monday. That's the whole seven days away. I'm going to miss you guys. Talk to you then. God bless. Cross Defense is a production of KFUO Radio. Find past episodes and support cross-defense at
1: kfuo.org.